When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's David Averin, and welcome to the Why Customers Leave podcast. You know, Ken Blanchard famously said that none of us is as smart as all of us. We're all limited in our knowledge and perspective by what we've experienced, right? Our, our personal and professional wins and losses. Well, no organization has leveraged that collective wisdom, mastermind set philosophy better than Vistage. Today on the podcast, I'm pleased to be talking with Sam Reese. He's the CEO of Vistage, the world's largest and most successful CEO coaching and peer advisory organization. We're going to talk about how to bolster your experience, your perspective, and professional network so you can make better decisions and future-proof your business model. I'm David Averin, and this is the Why Customers Leave podcast, back in 20 seconds. Are you ready to future-proof your business? Well, sit back because customer experience expert David Averin brings you the Why Customers Leave podcast, featuring outspoken thought leaders and business builders as they share their creative strategies for serving a new generation of customers and clients. Listen in, or you can watch the video version of the conversation. Now, here's David Averin. Hey, thanks and welcome to the podcast. Um, this is a good one today. This is, this is actually an organization that's that's near and dear to my heart. I'm sure most people have have heard of mastermind models. Maybe perhaps you're, you're a part of one with other peers within your industry. But the real beauty of the model is is the is the groups that the groups that are non-competing. What do we learn? What can we glean from others who do what we do or are where we are, but they don't do exactly what we do within that model? Napoleon Hill really coined this originally um, earlier, but but very well known in his book. Think and Grow Rich, 1937, talked about creating this mastermind alliance, as he called it at the time. When you put two people together, there's sort of this third mastermind. And when you put multiple people together, then you've got something that can be magic. Well, today, <clears throat> I want to talk, um, I'm fortunate to talk to the leader of the world's largest organization. We're going to talk about the model itself, what it can do. Um, I'll do the quick introduction first, the former one, Sam Reese is the CEO of Vistage, the world's largest CEO coaching and peer advisory organization for small and mid-sized businesses. Over his 35-year career as a business leader, he's led large and mid-sized organizations, advised CEOs and key executives of companies all over the world. Previously, Sam led Miller-Hyman, which is one of the largest dedicated performance improvement companies in the world. As the CEO of Miller-Hyman, revenues and profits increased nearly tenfold. Product offerings were expanded. Five acquisitions were completed. And an expert network of consultants was amassed around the globe. And now he's using that expertise in helping build the world's largest network of CEOs with Vistage. Sam, welcome to the show today. Great to be with you, David. Yeah, it's it's fun when, when I, I hear my intro. It's fun to think how great it sounds and the, the finality of it. And then I, I have flashbacks of how hard it was to get some of those things accomplished and how many ups and downs there really were. Yeah, it's one of those things where I heard somebody talking about sort of those of us who are a little bit older in the work and, and the whole idea of, of been there, still there, right? As opposed <laughs> to been there done that, you're still doing it and, and building this organization. And in full transparency, I am actually a former chair with Vistage about 15 years ago. I led groups in the Denver area. I've spoken for over 500 of them on four different continents. I 
I bleed Vistage Blue. I so believe in this model. Of course, there's other organizations that do this as well, but Vistage was really one of the pioneers. Tell us, Sam, tell us about sort of the early days, the tech days, and how this organization grew to where it is today. It's amazing when when I look at our business now, you know, 45,000 members across 35 countries, but it's just over just over 65 years ago. It all started in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our founder, a guy named Bob Nurse, was sort of a failed consultant, was trying to help businesses any way he could. He just really kept uh, striking out. And he finally said, you know, everybody I'm talking to, all these leaders, they seem to be struggling with the same issues and I'm not helping them. Maybe I just bring them together. So sort of a legendary meeting brought these you know, seven, eight leaders together in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and just had them start sharing. And um, one of the things a lot of people don't know is when, when you read his book, his memoir, he talks about the first issue that was ever processed. So he, he's got these eight people around the table. They're starting to listen with each other, see if there's a way they can help each other, non-competing industries, like you said. And somebody says, you know, my number one issue is I can't find a good sales leader. And so they start processing the issue. Another one raises his hand and said, I have a good sales leader, but the issue is, I'm just going to be uncomfortable. He's the one you fired. And that's oh. what opened it all. And he basically, and where that issue went is it's not the sales leader that's a problem. It's you that's a problem as a CEO. And that's really what launched the concept in the business has just, you know, continued to grow since then. Yeah. And, and the lore, you know, uh, lives on from some of those early ones. But I think it's certainly indicative of what the model is for those who are uninitiated. I think people have heard of mastermind, but there's there's a difference between gathering together with your peers and comparing notes. Um, I was just last week, I was in, in Dubai, and I had the wonderful opportunity to connect with several of my speaker peers who just happened to be in the same city, speaking for other events, and we got together. But that's different. It's mm -hmm. different than the model where we are bringing together, where you are bringing together as an organization, um, leaders from non-competing organizations to go into a room once a month, close the door, take off the mask, metaphorically and otherwise, and hash out their biggest issues. Talk about sort of the the, the importance of the non-competing, the uh, the uh, the insights that you can glean from somebody else who is in the same position, but doesn't deal with the same industry. What's the benefit? What's the model? How does that work? Huge benefit. Well, when you think about the model, you're right. One of the central tenets is this: the, the fact that you've got to be non-competing. And the reason for that is because the room has to be a very safe space so we can talk about anything. Because for leaders to really learn and to really grow, you're going to have to expose your, your vulnerabilities. I mean, all of your warts have got to be there front and center. If you're in front of your, your uh, competing peers, you're trying to position, make sure you're not saying something that's you know, uh, going to be confidential. So this is all about non-competing and the magic of that. So that that's the first part, but the magic is then we have a chairman or chairwoman who runs that meeting. That's an expert facilitator that knows how to drive out the uh, difficult issues. And um, there's a, a process. We have some intellectual property that, that goes with this on the way that we process issues, but it's got to be safe. You know, you've got to come there with vulnerability and that's where the magic really happens. If you're want to join one of these groups, at least Vistage, and you want to come to tell people how smart you are, that's not going to be a great experience. It's going to be a, no. you know one day and you'll be gone because you're going to have 14, 15 other CEOs in the room saying, I don't think you're that smart. Let me give you a few, a little bit of feedback. But that's where you really get the feel for the fact that the best way to make decisions is when you get other perspectives rather than just sitting, you know, CEOs, we're tending, we, we can, it can be a lonely job. You could just 
think I got to figure it out in my own little room and, you know, shut the door. That doesn't work. If you're making big decisions, you want to get more perspectives. And that's what we really well, do is drive more perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other thing, what you, what you find with very smart people, and it's not just about being called out, it's that these are people who are all used to leading their organizations. And this is one day a month where they don't have to be in charge. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's not even that they're being put in their place. It's this is their time to sit in a collaborative environment. Talk about the importance of that facilitated model, because you and I have both been in meetings that that can quickly devolve. Right. Ah. First of all, nobody needs another meeting. Right. But but it can also devolve when you've got powerful personalities in the room. You've got uh, different mindsets and without sort of let's put it in in these terms, without a traffic hop to keep things on track, they can fall off the rails and and take unnecessary time. Talk about the facilitated model and, and the benefit of all that. Yeah, it'd be my pleasure. I, I mean, the, the key to our, our business are these amazing chairmen and chairwomen that run these groups. They're the ones that facilitated all former executives themselves who are trained in Vistage methodology. As I said, it's, it's got to be a safe space. So what they're able to do is to bring out the issues and make sure we could have difficult discussions and make sure nobody's trying to position or any, you know the loudest voice doesn't win. So you, so you think about it. I, I might say something that um, you're uncomfortable with, right? If if it's just us and there's nobody facilitating and we we kind of go, ah, I'll just I'll be quiet and move on. You know, you say I'm not. It's not worth it. You got a facilitator leading that. It's like, well, hold on. I think what you just said, Sam, is something that David might be uncomfortable with. Let's address that for a minute. So think about how that makes the room change. The other part that's powerful about our model is our coaching model is we have this group gets together once a month, but the chairman or chairwoman also gets together with each individual in their monthly one-to-one. And where they spend their time is trying to figure out how to position the issues that they're going to take to the group. We have a belief, you know, if you and I, if if you were my executive coach, we could talk about all sorts of great things. But we have a belief that the big issues we got to take to the group, even though it might be your sweet spot to help solve it, David, you still want to take it to the group because that's where we think we'll get the best perspectives. And that when you create that sort of safe environment, now I have the permission to open myself up to say, I, I don't know what I'm doing here, or I made a mistake, or this is something I'm struggling with. And that's what we make it a very safe space to do that. And that's how learning happens. Learning doesn't happen if I'm still going to be the CEO in that room and tell you guys how great I am. Learning does not happen that way. Well, but that's the difference between consulting and coaching, isn't it? Yes. You know, in a consulting model, that that consultant, um, in this case, would be the Vistage chair leader, would be the person who would prescribe the answers. And the reality is their job is to make the space because the benefit and the thing that I've seen in, in the groups that the ones I've spoken to and the groups that I've facilitated is there's a room full of individuals who like literally what it would cost you for one person to come in and consult for a couple of days. You get a you get a boardroom full of 12 to 15 CEOs who give you such vast perspective because at the end of the day, you're the one who has to make a decision what you're going to do with it. But the the privilege of having those kinds of unbiased opinions, insights to help you filter through to make the decisions you need to make, um, that to me has, has always been the beauty of the organization. I agree. One of the things that um, some of our chairs will, will talk to when they're talking to prospective members is they'll say, well, would you like to have a day a month where you can sit with you know, 12, 13, 14 other CEOs, non-competing right here in the area that want to work on your problem, 
right? I mean, that, that's pretty compelling. You know, we in our business, there's a, a little bit of our folklore since I've been here. I've, I've been here eight years, but I was a member for many years before. That's how I knew Vistage. I was a member when I ran Miller Hyman. But the way I got there is I got there because I was a typical CEO who thought I knew all the answers. I, all I want to do is be a CEO. And then I became a CEO of the, the, the company Miller Hyman, you know, way back 20, almost five years ago. And I sort of stunk at the job. I mean, I'm, that's all I want to do is be a CEO. And uh, and I it, it, we got to the point where I literally quit. I, I flew out to San Francisco, met with the board and said, it's all I want to do is be a CEO, but I'm going to go back to running Fortune 500 sales organizations because I stink. You know, sorry. And uh, the chairman of the board said, hey, you don't, you don't stink. You know, you we like you and um, we're, we're going to get you help. You know, there's this organization back there. Back then it was called Tech. You learn how to how to go to tech and you'll learn how to work with all these other CEOs. And it was, you know, that, that was transformational experience because once once I started and, and it took me a while, a few meetings where I'm, you know, didn't want to reveal where I was weak and the fact that I didn't have experience. But that's that's why this company is so near and dear to my heart is it changed the trajectory of my whole career. But it was from my own, you know, failures that brought me to Vistage. So you can see why I'm such a passionate advocate for it. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll take it back to the whole value proposition to begin with, which is organizational leaders, they've got employees may they may have shareholders they may have have uh partners but they don't have peers and to right. have that safe environment because I, I i've seen in these in these in these meetings you talk about cash flow and you talk about personnel and you talk cancer and you talk divorce yes this is that 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 room where once a month you can have these really candid conversations these are the people you go to war with and these are the people that you go to cabo with <laughs> um, for me, when 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 I was chairing uh, and would have my one to one conversations, the best there was one time I, I got done with a one to one, and actually we had done it out out at a restaurant and spent a couple hours and hit the restroom afterwards. I come out and there's a love note on my car from this leader who just said thank you for for the role that you play in my life, and wow. to me it was so incredibly gratifying. Um, but for the members itself, I mean, for each other, you see. Uh, this this really rare opportunity on the front end, there's oftentimes a little trepidation. Wait, it's a day, like a whole day. When you realize the uh, the benefit of this collaborative environment, um, tell me tell me why why are why do people join? Mm. And then let's talk about why people stay because sometimes yeah. it's a different answer, isn't it? You're right. Um, yeah. The, well, I think people the reason people join originally is they're saying, I I realize I've got to spend time working on the business. I got to get away from the day to day. I got to have a, a space where I can get out of it and work on the business. And as all the things we've talked about with people that can give me incredible perspectives. So because CEOs really are in the business of making decisions. That's that's why they come now. It aligns with our purpose. We have with this purpose for us is we we say it's all about helping high integrity leaders make great decisions that benefit their companies, families, and communities. And it it speaks to what you said there, David, is why why we say integrity. Integrity comes from two words. It comes from integer, which means whole, and then it's integrate or it's in the word integrated as well. So that's what we try and do is we try and say, hey, you you got to live a, a whole integrated life as a leader. It's not just being the CEO. And so when you think about that, that's what happens in these meetings is we got to be whole people because maybe some of the struggles I'm having in my business connect to my personal life or connect to other things. That's Everything's, connected. Everything's connected. And that's what we, we believe is that people have happiness in their life. They don't have dissonance in a leader if they can be that same person in all in all facets. And that 
that's where it takes it why they stay is is they stay because first of all they get real results i mean i you know our right. members incredible how much they outperform people that don't have a visage organization in their repertoire i mean you know back in the great financial crisis we did a big thing with dun and bradstreet measured and our members were like 2x better performing in top and bottom line so they perform they build these great relationships and and they have this place to go where they can work on the business and not feel like they got to be the answer person i mean they they want they want to go to that so they so they can get that feeling as well as they want to help each other and i would say as a, a member myself i i learned sometimes more helping someone else cuz when i'm trying to help you, I'm thinking, boy, I stink at that too. Here's some insights I have, but I got to go fix that. But some of the best lessons come from somebody else's issue, yes. especially for those who don't recognize, you know what? I think I got that issue as well. Uh-huh. Right? But wouldn't you say also, Sam, that that for, in terms of the impetus of recognizing the ramifications of poor decisions, right? This is really a sounding board. I mean, what it is, is to You're be right. able to vet important decisions that you have to make because the ramifications of screwing that up can be profound on an organization and the people in that organization. What a phenomenal opportunity. And I've seen this time and time again for someone to say, we've got this coming up. This is really big. Here's where I'm going. Give me feedback. What am I not seeing? Right. Where yes. are my blind spots? Uh, and and sometimes sometimes very affirming, but other times there's a cautionary saying, well, we'll take a take a step back here's your risk that I think you don't see. And then ultimately those decisions, they have to be better. And your research bears that out, doesn't it? It does. And I mean, you know, when you look at it, I mean, that's the business we're in. I, I always say that CEOs are in the business of making decisions. The success and failure of our businesses, you can directly connect it to the decisions that we make. And that, that's how we think about this, this peer advisory group and the coach that you work with, the chairs. Those biggest decisions, the biggest decisions you have should come to that group. Very rarely do I find those decisions completely reaffirmed, by the way. Very, very rarely. Right. There's always right. a little something. Always something you didn't see. Even yeah. when I've brought my own issues to think, I know I'm going to do it. I got it wired, but I'll just bring it to the group to see. And then you're like, oh, hadn't thought about that. But that's what business we're in as leaders. We've got to make decisions that our company's success or fail based upon those. Yeah. Well, the, the blind spots, I think, are a really important part. I was in a group once and they were passing um, financials. There was one of the members was doing his presentation, his host presentation, learning a little bit more about his business. But he was relaying, here's what's happening. Here's what our runway looks like. And he was pretty proud of it. He had some really big contracts coming and they were passing financials. And some people are stronger in that than others. Um, but one individual said, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, and this is a very, you know, as you know, a very uh, informal um, environment where people can be very vulnerable. He was like, dude, you're out of business in October. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what do you, he says, I just signed the biggest contract. He says, look at you. He says, you're being paid on a net net 90. You've got this. He says, you're out of cash mid October. He says, the check's going to come, but your doors are going to be closed. Mm -hmm. And of course it, and that diverted the conversation for the next hour to help him work through all of that. This is save businesses. It's save families. Oh, it, it, I mean, those are those stories every day. In fact, I, I we were talking about our Denver connection. When I was working in my earlier on in my career, there was a great company called IHS with a legendary leader named Jerry Stead. I don't know if you ever ran across him, but he was incredible leader. And I, I was calling on him. This is my days in Miller Hyman. And I he invited me to his executive staff meeting. 
And he did something that I adopted from that day forward. And it's something we do at Vista. Just every meeting started with a story about one of his customers and what the value was that they were delivering to those customers. We do the same thing at Vistage. Every every meeting starts with a member story about something with their business or their family. You know, basically the story of somebody going through a very difficult challenge. Here's how they navigated. Here's how Vistage helped them. And what it does is is not only do you get to celebrate all these members, but you get to bring it back to the, the home office, if you would, the people that aren't as close to them so they can get a feel for why they're in this um, this helping us support this big purpose and mission and vision as well. And that it's just an incredible thing. To, we hear stories every week that just get us so excited. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Talk a little bit about, about the learning and the revision of the model over the years. Visage uh, has been around for 65 years, right? T- You've mentioned tech before that stood for the executive committee, TEC, right? And of course, tech has come to mean something very different in our vernacular. Yes. Hence the, uh, the name change and that Vista advantage. But there's no shortage of, of roundtable groups. There's no shortage of competing organizations, clearly. And, and, and all of them have their value. People have great experiences with the other ones as well. Um, most of them unfacilitated, and that's a big part of it. But talk a little bit about um, the learning over the years as you've revised the model. I mean, you had mentioned and referenced processing issues. For those who are um, undoctrinated or um, have have not yet gone through all of that, explain what an issue processing means and and a structure behind it without necessarily giving up trade secrets. Talk about the benefit of of a process to keep things moving towards a, a positive resolution and not going off the rails. You bet. Well, lots of things have happened in our business over the years. I'll, I'll highlight them. But I, one of the advantages we have is just scale, right? The scale. Now you have 45,000 members. So, And now imagine electronic platform that goes with it. So you can not only get the insights of the, the 12 people or 15 people in your room, you can reach out to somebody in any country around the world and see if they have some insights. So, And I'll, I'll touch on that. But, but central to how we create this space in these meetings and make sure that our members get value is the way we process an issue. I, I use that as a generic term, but somebody has a big a big deal they want to work with. We don't just start brainstorming. People don't start selling their ideas. It's a real disciplined process. Like, what is it you're trying to accomplish? What have you done so far, right? So that's where you start. And then everybody gets to ask questions. No, no solutions, ask questions. After you go through a questioning process, then the person gets to restate what their issue is. Like now that they've been through it, they're going, ah, you know, and oftentimes it ends up being this. I started with a a problem, right? The problem was the problem was this big one. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I think it's a different problem. Oftentimes it's a problem maybe that I'm causing. And then from there, we, we go through a process of people making some recommendations and that's where it's flipping gold. You're like, wow, you know, boom, boom, boom. But to your point, I'm still the CEO of my organization. I'll make the decision. Keep giving me the feedback. Thanks. And then I I leave the meeting with a commitment to tell people what I'm going to do. And it might be, I'm going to think about it today. Thanks, guys. Or it might be, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you know how it goes. But that's the magic thing, of it. Absolutely. One of the things I, I found, it actually made me smile at the beginning because it is so who we all are, was in learning about sort of the issue processing processes. Um, when somebody says, here's my challenge, and maybe it's a, it's a personnel challenge, maybe it's a distribution, maybe it's a, it's a financing or a funding option. Everybody in the room immediately has an idea. Been there. I know exactly what it is. And they're so eager 
to give their advice, right? Part of it is just, it's our nature, right? Let's just move yeah. on with it. It's the answer. I've been there before, but they don't know. And so the whole discipline around just only you can ask questions and you can't give a solution disguised as a question, right? So I have a question. Have you tried doing, no, 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 that's not a question. That's a solution disguised, right? And you had mentioned this and the light bulb moment that I see is when the person goes, so, so hearing all of those questions, is that the still is that still the same issue? And you see the light bulb going, you know what? I think my issue is really blank, right? Then maybe they thought, do I fire the salesperson? And maybe the real question was, have we clarified our 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 best revenue generating source or our priorities for the organization, whatever that might Perfect. be? Um, and then at the end, and let's talk about the accountability part as well, because this is something that I had initially thought would be a big barrier. And ultimately, it's welcome that there's somebody holding them accountable, even if the accountability is, I know I'm going to be asked at the next meeting, what did I do? So I better do something. Talk yes. to us about accountability. It, it, it definitely is a, a little bit of a, a feeling. People like it because it is a little feeling of your commitment to the group. Like, you know, you gave me your time, your best thinking, your best ideas. So I owe you what I'm going to do. Right. And you want that as, as well when you give a great suggestion or a great idea that you think they might want to implement. But it, it doesn't feel like, you know, accountability in the office. Like, hey, what happened? Did you did you get that deal done? It's not that it's thanks for the great feedback, guys. Wow. I think I got what I want, but also safe enough to say thanks for the great feedback, guys. I'm not comfortable um, with what I heard today. So I don't know if I'm going to take anything from this discussion. Right. That you have that flexibility. But Absolutely. being able to know that you want to bring it back to the group because that is what makes the group stronger. And it's it's amazing the confidence and momentum you get in the group when you're like, hey, I did it. Here's what happened. You know, things are great. Or even did it. Now I've got some other unintended consequences. I need your help again. That is what happens with the accountability side of it is you want it because you know everybody's vested with you. And I right. love that. Talk about Talk about the trepidation that some might have on the front end. And clearly, this is an organization with 45,000 members, but a lot more people have said, no, thanks. I think it's not a fit. Um, sometimes the trepidation, one of the ones I remember hearing, and they don't you don't know it till you know it, right? Yep. Is this uncomfortable feeling that I have a healthcare technology company. What is this person? What is this woman with with the chain of restaurants? know about my business? What is somebody yeah. in yeah. logistics or professional services or manufacturing? There's no relevance to my business. How, how, do, how do you address that? Because we certainly know members understand it, but how do we address it for prospects who might be listening, who might have an interest? And let's answer that question in their head. Yeah, it's, it's often uh, that's one of the concerns often that or, you know, I'm a hundred million dollar business. What can I learn from a $10 million business in the same group? Those are two of the trepidations that pop up all the time. Absolutely. Right. And I, I would say we we talk about what are the key issues people are struggling with because they cut across all organizations, you know, talent management, culture, driving the top line, managing the bottom line. But you have to to believe it. You You know, in my eight years here. It may sound a little counterintuitive having run big sales organizations and a sales training company is I, I've been really clear that we're not ever going to force it. If someone says, no, I don't think that's really valuable. Great. You know, you, you think you can't get um, any value from 15 other CEOs who are you know pretty smart people. themselves. Got it. You know, we'll keep us in mind. I never want to push that. And the reason right. is because you will fail the first group, you first meeting you come to and expect people to jump in and solve your problems and you don't want to help them. Nobody wants you in the group. So you got to be ready yourself and believe that you can learn 
from these people and believe that you're going to be able to help them, even though you may have no connection to their industry. But you got to be a great listener to get there. Right, you got to be. If, if you don't want to listen, you you know you're not going to have a good experience with us. But it's but it's also the individual over the organization. I mean, I had two guys in my group, um, and and it was always a mix. I say guys, but it's, it was men and women. Um, one of them had a fifteen million dollar company. One had a a, a nine million dollar company, but they had both run fifty to hundred million dollar company. This was like their third time around. And so what you don't know, and, and I love watching the recognition, the appreciation as people realize at the end of a meeting, like. Wow, she's pretty darn smart. Oh. Um, it's the individual over the organization, isn't it? Always. And I always think when I was a member, first a member, one of the most incredible people in the group was a woman who actually ran a nonprofit hospice. And she was she's an incredible leader. But um, I remember the first two meetings just thinking, you know, how will she help? Well, I mean, this this woman, you know, was a management guru, was an incredible cultural driver. And when she spoke, you know, I listened. And completely different businesses, but she was just amazing. And so, but you got to believe that, right? If you believe that, and if you walk into a meeting believing you're smarter than everyone, because maybe at your office, you get to be the big guy or gal there, where you walk in there, nobody's thinking that. Nobody's thinking you're smarter than everyone here. It's not even a hierarchy that exists in these groups. The hierarchy, the only hierarchy is the chair. The chair is the leader of the group, and we're all here to, to work together to solve each other's problems. And even as yeah, I, I mean, say I, it, I get inspired by it. That's what makes it fun. I like the mindset that I don't want to be the smartest person in the room, right? I mean, I, you get know, a better so room. Many of us, right? Absolutely. Get a better room. Um, once again, talking to, uh, to Sam Reese, who's the CEO of Vistage, uh, boy, we could talk all day, but I may want to be respectful of the time. And of course, for those who are who are listening and watching this, this isn't a commercial. This is this is an uh, an endorsement of the model of surrounding yourself with really smart people who will call your BS, who will infuse you with perspective and wisdom that you don't have. I, I love this sort of this mindset that says each of us has this cube around our head, this eighteen inch cube, and everything that you know, everything you've experienced, everything you loved and lost and learned is in that cube, and everything you don't know is outside of that cube. And this is an opportunity to bolster your wisdom. A lot of other competing organizations, I endorse only because I've had a great connection with Vistage for so many years. Um, and uh, and the other part, let's, let's touch on this really quickly because we haven't yet, is that not only are they are, are, is a group meeting monthly, but you're bringing in outside experts, resource speakers. Talk about the benefit of that. It's sort of incredible, you know, a thousand speakers. I know you've done great work for us. Thank you, David. A thousand speakers in the States, you know, another thousand across the rest of the world. And it's all designed to bring people in that are, are experts in topics that business leaders need to understand. Maybe it's a cultural expert. Maybe it's somebody on how to run your business more efficiently from a financial perspective. Maybe it's somebody around leadership, but it goes with our model of, remember, we're trying to always build more perspectives. So when people make decisions, they have more perspectives to draw from. And, and what you find when you bring those experts in is it creates another great dialogue. The expert leaves, spends her a couple hours. Now the team talks about that topic and new issues emerge that you didn't even know you had. So like where you were talking at the start, those blind spots start to pop up. One of the things I was going to add is where you get really good when you're hanging with you know, some great leaders, you re get really good 
and asking questions. That's where I think everybody gets better. When I, I people, always, CEOs will ask me like, what, do you, what will I look like in five years after being a Vistage member? And I'll say, not only will you be successful, you'll be more successful. You'll have a life that feels more balanced. You're going to be like a ninja on asking questions. And that is so much more fun as a leader than thinking you got to tell everybody what's going on, but asking questions. Oh, and that's what, you know, people want. They want leaders that ask questions and respect their opinion and, and the things that they're trying to drive. Yeah. And, and the speakers that you bring in the outside expertise, whether it's, it's emotional intelligence, whether it's health, I mean, if people come in health. and talk about health, let's keep it. There was a, a group that I had spoken for and the month before they had all gone and done a heart scan. One of the members had worked out a special rate and every one of the members did a heart scan so that they're checking on each other. At the beginning of every meeting, there's a check-in. How are you doing in your business? How are you doing in your personal life? And you feel like there's people who have your back. And that's very important. And the other part is that everybody's there is vetted. So not only are the members vetted and curated, but the speakers and outside, I mean, there's no shortage of people that would love to get in front of an organization of CEOs and sell their wares and they're <laughs> locked out. They're locked out. We, I mean, in a week, they will have a hundred applications a week with people trying to be Vistage speakers because yeah, it sounds great. I, I can go speak to 15 CEOs at a time and sell my wares. There's no selling. Our, no CEO, our CEOs are all smart enough to know, hey, she's really great presenter. She has some incredible information. I can call her up and have her do work for my business. They're all smart enough to figure that out. They don't need a sales pitch. But, right. um, and talk but quickly also about, about, about between the groups, between a collaborative CEO mastermind model and a, a perception that might be that this is a networking opportunity. Mm, a opposite. I, I opposite. Always, I like to talk about, and I, you know, we have, there's great groups out there as well, but a lot of the groups are to meet people and hang out and exchange business cards and do deals together. That doesn't happen at Vistage. I, I always describe it as Vistage leaders, sleeves are rolled up. You know, they're coming in, sleeves are rolled up, everybody's ready to work. Now, over time, people might do business together, but that is not at all what it's about. If your first meeting, you're passing out your business card and telling people to call you, That'll be your last meeting. It'll be your last <laughs> meeting. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That doesn't work. It's got to be safe. Is, Everything's got to be safe, you know, so we can have also, those It's also so wonderfully collegial because yes. I've had the privilege as, as a speaker of seeing hundreds of Vista chairs do what they do. It's so palpable to me, the groups that like each other. You can see the greeting. They're so happy to see each other. They get down to work, to be clear, but- it's a really heartwarming day in many ways. Oh, and because and we're so vested. I mean, you know, we we look you look back on the years being together, you know, average members seven years membership. You look back on the ups and downs, and we we know everything that happened to each other's businesses, to their families, to their highs and their lows. You Absolutely. just get so vested. And when you miss a vistage meeting, I missed one this month from a travel uh, conflict. I mean, it bums you out. It really bums you out because you don't get that connection. These are you know very special people. Yeah. All right. So so real quickly, I like to close this out with a quick um, speed round, rapid questions. You have your tentacles in so many different businesses and industries. Part of of, of the, the hallmark of Vistage is that you have your your uh, your your ear to the. I'm going to mix metaphors here. I'm going to say ear to the grindstone. That doesn't work. But but you know what's happening it. in the business world. You do your CEO confidence index. Um, you've got your own um, IP as well. In terms of what you're seeing, tell us what are what's the biggest, the best, um, probably the most profound transformation 
that you're seeing? What are we going to see that you see behind the scenes that's coming down the pike in business? It, it is an amazing kind of viewpoint that we're able to have because not only do we have all these groups, but remember, they're all talking online every day and sharing information. And I'd say one of the biggest transformations because people – People are definitely confidence has gone up a little bit in the last quarter from where it was, but it's still way yeah. down because um, people are pretty nervous about the future environment. But one of the things you see consistently happening right now is this concept of really muscle building your team so that you got leaders at all levels. So, and it, it may sound different than other organizations or other companies, but Vistage members all over are saying, How do I make sure that I've got leaders at every level to give me leverage? Rather than how do I just myself figure it all out because I know I can't can't do it by myself. But that is a huge trend. Looking for ways to support that, I think, is big. And then huge every day people are talking about, which it aligns, keeping their best and brightest people. It is all about talent, talent, talent right now, knowing that in a tumultuous environment, you got to have your best people excited and happy and believing in what you're doing. That Those are the hottest things people are talking about right now. No. Nice. Couple of questions about you. What did you want to be when you were 18? Oh, I knew what I wanted to be. There was only one thing and I was well on the path. path. I wanted to be the fastest 5,000 meter runner in the world. And um, I was a state champ in Colorado a couple of times over. I was an All-American at the University of Colorado, had a few brothers that were as well and was on that path. And it, at 22, that path went sideways with a little bit of injury that happens to a lot of runners. So I didn't know what I wanted to do after that. Right now, that was the only goal I had. So um, I, I then but, got but it. you were focused on, yeah, but it's still high achievement. I mean, that that's a it's lofty aspiration. What's yes. the best decision you think you've ever made? Best decision, personal, professional, made. doesn't matter, personal or professional. Well, best personal yeah. is marrying my wife, my high school sweetheart, thirty eight years. So that was number one best decision in business. Best decision a Vistage Group ever helped me out with was hiring a new CFO. Back in my days, and I guess about 2005, hiring a new CFO that transformed my business and still is one of my very dear friends in life here. But he he, he was just incredible. In fact, his presentation every time would be, let me tell you about our software business. This is a business Sam told me not to go into, it, and it's our fastest growing business, right? That was the kind of guy he was. He was just an amazing person. That's awesome. You know what? It actually made me think for a second of uh, in my time with Vistage. Um, the best decision that came out of that. I had an opportunity to speak in a, in a country that's pretty dangerous. And I had gotten an invitation and I kind of let it, set it out to everybody else. I said, I'm debating this. The State Department website says, don't go there. It's very dangerous. Um, and then the group started asking me questions. And one of them asked, why would you go? Is it is it ego? And I had to pause for a second. I said, yes, uh-huh. it is. I want to be able to brag that I spoke there. And another person asked, what would you, um, what would it say to your children if you accepted this dangerous thing? Mm. And mm. there were questions that all just sort of made me think, you know, what's the worst case scenario? How would you live with yourself if blank and blank? And at the very end, I literally from my phone right there, I, I declined the, the presentation. They gave me that perspective that was so important. Oh. Um, listen, we, we're way over time. I got more stuff I would love to talk. It's such a, it's such a treat and a privilege because I am, uh, I'm all in and I'm a big fan of, of the model and of the organization. I've seen firsthand the transformation it makes, especially for emerging leaders who have an opportunity to surround themselves with people who are really good at this. And at the end of the day, they're all just really good people. Sam Reese, if people want to get in touch with you or they want to learn more about Vistage, how would they do that? 
Easy enough. You can go to our website, www.vistage.com. Mine is sam.reese at vistage.com. And even if uh, you're just curious, there's all sorts of resources on our website. Even if you don't want to be a member, there's all sorts of uh, resources you can get as a business leader that can be helpful to you. And we're happy to share those. Outstanding. Hey, thank you so much. Stick around. Hang tight right there. We'll talk on the other side of this. Um, I just want to remind everybody that you can pick up a copy of my brand new book. You see all my books strategically located next to my head. For those of you watching the video version of this podcast, which is available on my website or on YouTube, my new book is called The Morning Huddle, Powerful Customer Experience Conversations. To wake you up and shake you up and win more business, be sure to click to like this podcast, subscribe, click the little bell, you'll get notified of new episodes when they come. Um, you can learn more about my keynote speaking and my uh, consulting at davidaverin.com. That's it. Big thanks once again to Sam Reese. Thanks for being with us. I'm David Averin. Be good. This has been the Why Customers Leave podcast with David Averin. Be sure to leave a comment and click the like button. You can listen to or watch past episodes and be notified of future ones by hitting the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform or check them out on David Averin's YouTube channel. David's popular books are all available online and also in Kindle and audiobook form as well. You can learn more about David's keynote speaking and business consulting at davidaverin.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.